things you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show Episode 27, my name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business, Full House tonight. We've got Beck, we've got Alex, and we've got Stacey. And guys, a question I've got for you, a bit of a curly question, actually. So, a London franchise, they get accepted into the NFL, but, but, and there is a but, unfortunately, one team has to be cut from the competition. Beck, I'm going to throw it to you. You've got to make that tough decision. Which team are you cutting from the NFL and why? I mean, I feel like it's not really that tough of a decision when you have a team who's like 0-6 or 0-7. They're not really competing in the league. They're not doing too well, and that's the Detroit Lions. I think they need to be flushed out. They need to disassemble, disassemble, disassemble that franchise and um, reassemble somewhere else with new leadership, new players, new name, new logo. The Lions need to be no more. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a little bit of a popular view, uh, except those uh, great listeners of ours in Detroit. We do apologize for that one. Uh, in terms of my pick, well, you know, for me, it's just the Battle of Ohio. And I think, you know, the Cleveland Browns, they have gone through a traumatic 20 or 30 years. So I think they've established themselves. So for me, that leaves the Cincinnati Bengals uh, as the team on, on the outer there, uh, mainly because of their cheap owner, uh, Mike Brown. He loves loves the team, obviously, but, you know, that stadium, it's starting to slip compared to some of these new fantastic ones in LA and Vegas. And, uh, yeah, he, he has struggled in the past supporting some of his star players and just spending money uh, at the level of his competition. So for me, the Bengals, they're cut. Um, congratulations, uh, this other franchise who will get Joe Burrow, who is a an amazing uh, quarterback in Jamar Chase. Uh, Alex, what about yourself? Um, you know, there's a couple of teams that I've, I know have been in your sites for, for a long period of time. If you did have to cut a team in the NFL, who would it be? I think I'd go with the Jets, right? I mean, we're talking London. You got to talk kind of East Coast, right? Because they can't really sit on the West and they can't really sit in the middle because there's just no – geographically, it just doesn't work, right? So you got to throw them in the East. And the Jets, like, New York doesn't need two football teams. Like, they don't need two bad football teams at that, right? So you might as well just combine the two, the Jets and the Giants, take away the Jets, keep the Giants – that's my personal opinion. Yeah, no, that's not a bad idea. And name pending. We'll have to kind of think of that, uh, combining those two there. Uh, go back to the Titans like they were originally when they formed. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Stacey, what about yourself? Uh, which team are you cutting? I'm going to go with uh, the Washington football team. Um, they've got bad culture. Um, they cross their border into the Patriots, like fan base zone in terms of geography. So, I mean, let's get, let's get rid of those. And if you have to boot someone, I mean, get rid of a club that, I mean, a team that's got a nasty culture that has kind of been, you know, been in controversy the last couple of years. And, and it just, I mean, it's not fair on the players to have just be stuck under that sort of regime. So just get rid of them. That's it. And uh, and the unlucky team, they, they, they get to move in, into sunny uh, London. So not all bad uh, for, those, uh, for those departing players. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment tonight, the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. How about those trees? A touchdown and a title for the Patriots. I can't believe it. They have completed the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. 
Yeah, and this week on the huddle, well, we're looking at the New York Jets. And Alex, I'm going to throw it straight at you because, again, they're in your crosshairs. You know, that this was a team that you, uh, you know, uh, were looking at cutting from the competition and with good reason because, you know, the New York Jets fans, it has been years upon years of misery. But, you know, in recent times, we thought it had all turned around. You've got a new flashy coach that everyone was chasing. You had this amazingly talented uh, quarterback who was drafted second. It, it, it appeared that you know things were starting to turn around there in New York, but again, another difficult season. So talk us through the New York Jets at the moment and what is going wrong in season 2021. I mean, yeah, it's always hard with Jets, right? It's year in and year out. It's just the same. It's like, and I guess the saving grace too with the Jets is like, well, hey, at least they'll get another high draft pick. But when you've had kind of like 10 years of high draft picks, like, what's going on, right? Like you're drafting kind of, you know, these young gun, these good players that are coming out. It's not like you're getting like the bad players out of college. You've got access to like the cream of the crop, you know, as far as college players go. So it's fascinating to see why they're still doing as poor as they're doing. I mean, look, did I like Mike White when he came in? Absolutely. I thought that was a good glimpse for the Jets. Um, I think they're, again, they're one of those teams where they just have, they have so much potential on paper, right? When you look at additions, when you look at the players they draft, right? When you look at the young guns that they do have on there, they have so much potential. I just, where does it go wrong, right? I mean, you look at this like New York team and it's like 10 years of just no championship for any of New York's teams, right? So it's just like banging your head against the brick wall. So you want something to give, but yeah, with the Jets, I mean, and I guess part of it has to do with injuries too. Too. They're just injury plagued. But again, is that just an excuse for a team that's just not gelling? Yeah. And, and Beck, you know, it, it's an interesting one when you, when you look at the New York Jets, I, I guess this was a, this was a new era. This was a new generation of team. It was going to be completely different under Robert Sala and Zach Wilson, who we'll talk about in a second. But you kind of got the feeling in the preseason that everything had to go right for New York. And to Alex's point, it's been the complete opposite. Every talented player on this football team has been injured this season, uh, and it just it just makes things so difficult. There's so many that I can't even name them all. This poor team, like week after week, they're just dropping off like flies with injuries, and that definitely has to have an effect on the morale around your team, the way that your team comes out each week, knowing that they're missing some key players. Like the confidence has to drop when you know that your you know your starting players aren't starting. Um, But also I think we have to give this team a little bit of time with this new quarterback and with this new head coach to build. Like they haven't been great for the past 10 years. They haven't had a lot of great draft picks. You know, it's not showing in their depth chart that they've managed this team well, but they have, you know, signed a new head coach who they hope or they want to turn this team around who has picked this number one uh, round, sorry, first round draft picked in Zach Wilson. Um, so, yeah, I think we just have to give them time. I mean, oh, it's tough, right, when you've got – went up before you did. <laughs> when you've got nine out of your 12 positions that only have two, right? So when we're talking about depth, they don't have a lot of it, right? Like as far as, far as their wide receivers go, as far as their kind of offensive line goes, like – they, okay, sure, they've got depth in their quarterback position, but in the, the day, after Mike White, you got Joe Flacco. Like, that's who their third string right now is on, on like, listed, right? So, like, he 
Um, he is listed as their third. I don't know whether that's changed since um, who was it Johnson that came in this this past week for them. I don't know whether he's kind of jumped in or not. Um, if he's moved into a different position, but yeah, currently right now it's it's Joe Flacco as their as their third string. Um, but it was interesting when you watch this past game with them. Right, they're sitting on the sideline. You got Joe Flacco standing there with nothing on. You got Zach Wilson standing there with you know no pads on. You know Mike White sitting there injured and. You know, Johnson's out there doing what he the best he can do with what he's got. So I think they don't I think they need more depth, but they need more experience in their depth. I think that's kind of a big a, a big thing for them because to only have kind of two players in these key positions, I don't know if that's cutting it for them. I mean, and it has to be so frustrating as a Jets fan to see the two backup quarterbacks be able to throw almost you know over 300 yards multiple games and yet your starting quarterback your second round draft pick is struggling still to read the field like like that's his main problem at the moment he's struggling to read the field and you know Alex you mentioned that uh you know experience is up there but like Josh Johnson he's played for 17 NFL teams like you don't get much more experience than that and you know, in terms of death, you're exactly right. Like, I don't know how many other teams have four quarterbacks listed on their depth chart. And Joe Flacco is is almost last. Like, I don't understand how this is happening. No, and I think this goes back to that conversation we had very early on in the season where we go, do you sit your young quarterback so that they learn or do you start them straight out of the gate? And I think there has been signs with Zach Wilson that they're like, yes, this was the right decision to start him. But we've talked about this before. He's I think with the injuries, I think the biggest problem with Zach Wilson is that inconsistency in those roles, right? So he hasn't been able to kind of develop that relationship with anybody. He's always looking for that big kind of flashy play that will get in the touchdown. He's not really interested in playing that kind of grunt work football that kind of these New York teams have been known to do in the past, right? Like if you go back and you look at kind of New York's history and the way they used to play, like they were very like, grunt work and doing the basics right and getting that defense sorted where I think now they're trying to do big and flashy stuff and it's like but that's not New York and that's not the Jets like I don't see the Jets as like the guys that do the big plays the Jets were always a team that were kind of the nitty-gritty getting down in the trenches and and doing it that way and getting like a it was always a dogfight when you played kind of the Jets so I'd like to I'd like to see them go back to that style of football but I think you got to take Zach Wilson out of the picture let him learn right? Sit him down for the rest of the season, get him learning, get him realizing that he's got to play just kind of basic football. Yeah. I think it comes down to personnel as well. Like who is on this team around Zach Wilson? Do you have the people to support him or is he feeling like he has to carry this team on his back? Is he feeling like he has no option, but to do these trick plays or these crazy, you know, flip plays or these big downfield passes? Like it's not just him on this offense. There has to be other players around there to support him. I mean, when you're talking about other players, like, you know, rookie Elijah Moore, he, the crazy stat is that, like, he has made a habit out of catching the uncatchable balls. Like, so when you when you say that you've, there's talent, there's talent around there, but, like, Elijah Moore has to go and get the balls from, from Zach Wilson, you know, and, and Mike Davis, I mean, Mike, Mike Davis, Mike White, like, the flashes, the flashes of something special were there. Like before he got injured in the game against the Colts, you know, he was on pace to have another 400 yard game. 
Um, you know, so that, you know, again, I just sit there going, how can, how can a team manage like this? But at the same time, like the Jets defense is, you know, for a, a defense that's being, you know, run by a coach who prides himself on his defensive scheming, they're not doing so good. Like they're allowing, um, you know, up to almost seven yards before first contact. Like that's just, that's a, that's a lack of just going, wanting to go and get get the ball like it's just a lack of wanting to show up to play and you know when I watched the Colts and the Jets game you know Robert Sala was on the sideline and he he was so stoic uh, just at halftime and it comes to the point um, as a coach when you're in those change rooms and you say I have said all that I can say to you there is nothing left to say you just have to go do it and they just don't like it's just they they, they just go nah I just don't want to yeah, I think if we're looking at the, you know, we all know the Jets are going to get high up in the draft, right? Just based on how they've played again, another year where they get a high draft pick. I'd like to see them build their defense. I definitely think that front seven for the defense needs to improve big time, right? So they actually have someone that can get through and get those quarterback hits. So I think if we're looking to improve, I think they've got potential in their offense. And I think what's interesting and I was thinking about it the other day when you're a rookie player I think you kind of want to come in as like a wide receiver that's kind of like the best position to come in as a rookie right because you you can make the catches or you don't have to make the catches right but if you do you're kind of like the big shot and the big name where there's like a little less pressure right you can make mistakes and it's okay when you see the likes of young guys coming in at running back or quarterback or safety or these like big defensive positions, if you make an error, it's like, whoa, you know, look at the rookie making the mistake. So kind of like Elijah Moore, like he's kind of lucky, right? He's like, oh, Elijah Moore made a big play, right? That's great. But I think, yeah, if I was, if I was the Jets, I'd be looking to get some defensive, build some defensive, you know, youngsters through that team give it a year and then see where you go from there because again they have potential I mean in the last two games they had 997 total yards this is their third highest total in consecutive games in franchise history right so they're they're not god awful they have great moments but they just they need some help somebody help them if we're going to talk about adding personnel should we talk about special teams as well because like I think it's very underrated how important having a good kicker can be, especially on a team like this where they're struggling to put points on the board, they're struggling to move their offense. If you had a consistently good kicker who could kick from a 40, 50-yard point, you could be putting points up on the board like nearly every single game. All you have to do is move the ball 20 to 30 yards and you're ready to kick. That's three points on the board guaranteed if you have a good kicker. I mean, should we just say this now? The Jets drafted kicker in the first round. You know, first pick, second pick. When was it? When has a kicker ever gone that high? Probably never. But you know, maybe if they want to put some points on the board, maybe they got to go draft draft a kicker nice and high to keep that consistency. But also like punters as well, right? You want your punt to be able to pin you back down in the opposition end zone as well. So I think yes, yeah, special teams is a big one for them. So just across the board, they need help. But I think defensively and special teams is is somewhere where they could definitely bolster their roster. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely going to be going to be an interesting one to watch. And I think, you know, another thing for the New York Jets is they need to be able to 
you know, attract free agents, you know, and, and no one wants to go to New York at the moment. I mean, you look at the LA Rams who have just given up on the draft. They've just said, you know what, we are just going to give up our draft picks to get the key parts of our, uh, I guess, our, the nucleus of our team. You know, we're going we're gonna to get proven players. And then, you know, with our later round draft picks, we're just going to build out the rest of the team. You know, the, the Jets could look at, that you know in the future but but you know again you know you're not going to attract those high level free agents um or 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 even you know trade it's going to cost you more so for me you know new york they just need to find a way to win some football games and at the end of the day that's what robert seller was uh, was hired to do i know it's difficult injuries young quarterbacks and all the all on all the rest of it but uh yeah just something about that cursed jets jersey at the moment he's definitely got a got a tough road ahead but uh we'll keep a very close eye on that one for sure all right, guys, well, let's jump into our next segment tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, and this week on the match, we've got an interesting position group to dig into, and that is the interior line of the defense. And we've got two, well, out-and-out superstars, and, and especially uh, our first uh, contestant. Uh, Alex, I'm going to throw this one to you. Aaron Donald uh, from the LA Rams. You know, I, I guess, you know, one of the things about him is, and we're going to talk, you know, in depth about him as a player, but he definitely put that position group on the map because, you know, you always hear about the, the edge, you know, defense sort of coming through and they, you know, they get all the, the, the praise and the love. But yeah, Aaron Donald, he's, he's changed things a little bit for the defense. He definitely has. And I think you hear it every time the Rams come on and they talk about the Rams. It's, always Aaron Donald is always mentioned in that right they're always talking about coming up you know the LA Rams defense with Aaron Donald right so he is kind of that leader of that defense and I think yeah as you mentioned he's put that defensive tackle position on the map I mean he's a fun guy to watch right there was a great kind of stat I think in their game previous um that they said you don't want to run a screen where you roll out to Aaron Donald right and they did that exact play over there playing against um and you're right you don't want to because you give that guy space he is going to tackle that quarterback and then some and I think what's exciting too for him he's he's always kind of like a great play to watch on the sidelines because he's just cheering and he kind of looks like a he, he, I would be scared of him running at me as a quarterback, but as a teammate, he looks like a nice, like, kind of cuddly bear, you know? Like, yeah. he just looks like he's that kind of go-to, like, buddy-buddy guy on, on the sidelines. And if I was him, I would love the fact that LeVon Bell is joining me on that defense as well because, holy cow, is that is that defense stacked? And I think it starts with Aaron Donald. He leads by example with that, with that defense. Yeah, not to mention having, you know, Von Miller – as well like that's just terrifying <laughs> the Rams I mean we're not even talking I mean should we be talking about the Rams like as their D-line set but like Aaron Donald he trains with the wide receivers and the DBs like he is his footwork is insane his strength is insane like he's just so agile and he's so smart like and that's what I love watching about him is you know the fact that he can read those and those screenplays like you know that so the screenplays are designed to make the defense come at you so you're going come at me to Aaron Donald and he'll go okay with a bull and a matador he's just going to come get you and uh yeah he's just a beast and I totally meant Von Miller when I said LeVon Bell. Those are two very different positions on two very good teams. I meant Von Miller. Oh <laughs> I was like, that's the guy I meant right there. No, we, we, we definitely... Aaron Donald likes to go after LeVon Bell. 
that's where that's where the confusion get gets you. He goes, uh, he goes chasing him. And I, I guess, Peck, if you were to if you were to build a player in the lab, you know, some of the things you'd be looking for is, you know, technically you'd want them to be absolutely uh, historically brilliant. Tick, you know, in terms of Aaron Donald. Um, you'd want work ethic, and that's something that Aaron Donald, you know, he absolutely leads his football team. And then to Stacey's point, and, and this is something that's a little bit underrated in the NFL, is his pure athleticism. I mean, you know, for anyone that hasn't done a little bit of Google imaging of, of this guy, I mean, it just, it, it puts a lot of athletes in other sports to shame because, yes, he's I think he's 129 kg for our, for our Aussie listeners. You know, this is a big, big human. But, you know, in, in terms of body fat, this guy's absolutely ripped. So he just ticks every single box. And no wonder, you know, this guy, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and, and for, for a definite reason. And, you know, the fact that a guy in his position to have such an impact on, on, on the screen as you're watching the games, it's, uh, yeah, we, we are, we're pretty lucky to be watching such an incredible talent. Yeah, he's huge. He's massive. Like I'm pretty sure he's got abs at his size and he's, like you said, 190 kilos. I don't know how many people that big have abs, but Aaron Donald does, and it's super impressive. But also let's just talk about the position and where he actually lines up on the field. Like the interior D-line don't get a lot of love. They don't get a lot of highlights. They don't get a lot of praise. You know, they're kind of in the rough, gap-filling, not really making a lot of tackles. But Aaron Donald has changed the way we look at this position because of the way that he has played it, the fact that he does get into the backfield. He does make these massive plays. He disrupts the quarterback. He can deflect passes. Like he literally does it all from a position that was just designed to gap fill. Yeah, and, you know, you know the strength of him too, like, you know, when he's coming through that line, like he literally will just grab hold of the offensive lineman and just drive him into the quarterback at the same time. Like he'll go, there's someone in my way. Oh, well, you go too. Like it's yeah. just. I think, yeah, we've got to piggyback off what Beck said. Like I think it comes to that mobility of a player, right? Those Seeing those big guys that are able to move, get agile, right? Because as you said, they used to just be, they used to just be gap fillers. But I think he's kind of reinvented that, defensive tackle kind of position where he he's a big guy but he's a quick guy too like he is off that line and through that o-line so quick sometimes that like it's like that ad when you watch kind of nfl and it's like you can't really see him right because he's got these like you know this invisibility cloak on or whatever and it's like you can't see him it's like who just tackled me it's like i did you know and he, he's just kind of one of those guys where you don't really see him coming sometimes because he's so quick but i think that's him just reinventing that defensive tackle role and i think it's going to be great to kind of see that moving down the road with the NFL. If we can make those guys more agile, what that's going to do to the game. Yeah. It's going to change the way that D line is played, right? Because you can start installing more stunts and moving these players around and changing positions and confusing the O line because you do have players that can move quick enough to do that. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's a scary prospect in terms of coaching against Aaron Donald. And, and again, you know, this guy, he, he's headed to the hall of fame and I know they've got to wait their time, but yeah, he, he's got a gold jacket on already, in my opinion. All right, guys, well, let's uh, throw it over to his competitor tonight, and that is uh, Cam Haywood from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Alex, I'm, I'm going to throw it to you because he has a little bit of an interesting history dating back to his college days. But I guess my first statement about Cam is that when you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers, you think about smash mouth, physical, defensive players. And, and, and it, you know, Cam Haywood, he, he's got... You know, I, I guess he's been a big part of that. You know, I guess for me, he is, uh, and he epitomizes the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who kind of epitomizes, right, defenses, right? You look at Pittsburgh, you got the likes of TJ Watt on there. So you got some big names on this defense, but Cameron Haywood is just a beast. Like, he is a strong guy. He will just muscle anybody in front of him out of the way, right? Like, there's just kind of – if he wants to get through to you, he's going to get through to you as a quarterback. There's just, like, no stopping him. And I guess, like, for me, I got a soft spot for him. He's an Ohio State guy. I love my Ohio State boys. He's 6'5". He's 295 pounds. Like, again – big guy that's got some speed and agility behind him as well. Yeah. And Stacey, I, I guess, you know, if you're a young, uh, you know, if, if you're a young athlete, you know, it's sort of, you know, trying to convince uh, young athletes to play on the offensive line, it's difficult, right? It's not, it's not exactly that position. And then, well, I, I guess you've got to hide the tape because, you know, some of these guys, some of these huge athletes, they're coming up against guys like Cam Haywood and, you know, he, he's, he's an absolute, you know, gentleman off the field. He's a great guy, does a lot for the community, but on the field, this guy's ferocious. This guy is vicious. This guy just wants to completely embarrass you, annihilate you. I mean, it's um, you know, it's a different level of physicality at this level. And Cam, you know, he's been at, at the top of his position, at the top of his game for uh, for quite a few years now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and um, how many years has he been in, in the league for? Eleven. Yeah, Cam. Eleven years. Cam got drafted in the twenty eleven draft, and uh, yeah, he he just he just fits that that black and gold. That's for sure. 11, 11 years in the league and 60 sacks, 60 sacks. Like that's not, that's not bad at all. Um, and, you know, going back to what you were saying about the Pittsburgh defense, like, yeah, they do. They are that run heavy, hit the person in front of you. And when they don't go down, just keep hitting them. And, and that's what we love about the Steelers and Cam Haywood, you know, he's, he does it all at the same time. Like he's knocked down some, he pressures the quarterback. He's got an, you know, an interception under his belt, um, you know, and from that interior lineman perspective, like his stunts uh, and his movements are so swift. So when they're like switching gaps, you know, he's, he's there one minute and then he's not the next. And you can just see the offensive line go, where did he go? And I imagine that must be terrifying. I mean, yeah, I mean, his stats speak for themselves, right? He ranks second in tackles with 137. He's fourth in sacks with 13. He's fourth in tackles for loss with 18. And he's tied for seventh in quarterback hits with 41 among the NFL. And that's just since 2019, right? So he's kind of – with his stats and everything like that, I mean, he his 58 career sacks are the third most among active defensive tackles in the league, right? So this guy – He's like, he, he's kind of like fine wine right now. Like he seems to just be getting better with age. Like, I mean, he was good when he came in, but I would say the last kind of couple years since like 2019, 2018, he's really kind of come into his own and really kind of led that Pittsburgh Steelers defense and gone, I'm going to be your guy. And he's the only defensive lineman in franchise history with eight or more sacks in at least three seasons with 27, 2018 and 2019. Right. So this guy's like, he, he's just getting better with age, in my opinion. So I'm excited to see how long he stays in the league for. Yeah. And, and he's consistent. Yeah, Consistency. He definitely is. And, Beck, you know, earlier we spoke about, you know, the, the New York Jets as an example, and they have talent. You know, they've drafted a lot of talented young defensive players. But, you know, when, when you talk about, you know, the importance of a guy like Cam Haywood, it's because it's not only his production on the field, but it's him as a leader because, you know, this guy – he doesn't let anything slip on the, on the, on the training, but you know, in, t- in terms of some of the younger guys coming through, you know, you could not take any shortcuts around Cam because he's been there. He's done that. You know, he, he's, he's the ultimate professional, the top of his game. So, you know, when, when you look at Pittsburgh and you wonder why some of these later round picks and some of these other players are performing at such a high level, you know, I, I, th- I think leaders such as Cam have got to take, you know, a, a big, 
uh, well, you know, a big lot of responsibility for that because, you know, he's obviously there in the leadership team. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, it's pretty lucky that these rookies coming in have someone like Cam Haywood to look up to and to mentor them and to show them how football is played. And because he has been around for so long, he has played that super hard, get into grid of it, football roughness mindset. Like this is football. We play hard. We train hard. Like it's none of, you know, this fairy airy kind of stuff. Like he is the face of that defense and to have him leading you and that team would be, yeah, like pretty awesome. I'd, I'd like him to come and play defense with us. For someone who has six forced fumbles in his career and five fumble recoveries and one interception, he doesn't have a pick six. I would like him to add a pick six to his stats. And I think that would just make him like all encompassing defensive tackle. So that's my goal. Big man touchdown. Big man I mean, touchdown. You watch the Ohio State kind of, I think it was a defensive tackle a couple of weeks back, pick up that ball and run almost over 50 yards to get the touchdown. So it's doable. So, you know, Cameron Haywood, I know you listen. Go get me a pick six, buddy. Yeah, we, I think you'll, you'll just be the best. We also have a, a great way of cursing people here at Mojo. So you've probably just cursed him uh, for the rest of his career that, that that won't occur. But we'll definitely keep an eye on it. All right, guys, cannot sit on the fence when it comes to the match. We've got to pick our players. I'm going to start. I'm, I'm going to look for me, Cam Haywood. He beats pretty much everyone in this matchup except for one guy, and that's Aaron Donald for me. Um, and look, the thing that I like about Aaron, he, he does have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and it's a little bit literal too. He's actually a little bit undersized. He's only six foot. Um, but, you know, that's probably the only weakness you can see, and he certainly makes up for it in pretty much every other facet of his game. So Aaron Donald for me. Um, and, you know, just the one thing with the Rams is win a Super Bowl. I mean, you can't have this guy go through his entire career and not win a Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, obviously not against the Patriots, but, uh, yeah, win a Super Bowl for Aaron Donald for sure. Sure. Um, Beck, what's your thoughts? Again, these, these are two very physical players. Uh, great matchup tonight. Where, where are you going here? It is a super great matchup. I think we've highlighted some really great players here, and to compare them and pick one is super hard, especially when they both come from really dominant defenses as well. Um, but I'm with you. Um, Aaron Donald is number one. I think he's the best in the league at the moment, and I think he's going to be the best for a very long time. Yeah, Alex, your thoughts? Um, I. Always, when we have matchups, I'm always going to go with my Ohio State boys. So with my O, H, and my I, M, O, I'm going to go with Cam Hayward. I uh, I love your loyalty. I love your loyalty. Uh, Stacey, what about you? Because uh, as a Patriots supporter, you've seen a little bit too much of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I know that Cam Hayward, he's very much front of mind uh, in terms of some of his performances against the Pats in recent years. But, um, yeah, uh, who are you going in this one? Yeah, I'm going I'm to go Cam Hayward just because I don't think that you can discount the veteran. I mean, you know, he was the guy that was the face of, you know, the face of that Steelers defense. And, uh, you know, he's just like, you don't, you, you can't love the guy more. I mean, his intensity is just next level and, and he supports the rest of that team. And, and you know, the, the Steelers have had such a dominant defense for such a long time. So I'm going with Cam Hayward on this one. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our final segment tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, the question I've got for you guys is who and which team is the best defense in the league at the moment. 
I'm going to lead off. I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you wouldn't know it. Oh, well, I guess the defense did okay on the weekend, but I guess the whole franchise is a little bit rattled after last weekend's performance. But uh, still going to go Buffalo Bills. And for me, it's, again, you talk about balance in a football team. Uh, they are good up front. They are good in the in the secondary. Uh, and, you know, again, this is just a team that is, you know, paying dividends after investing so much draft capital. You know, every single year they were picking the best defensive player in the first round. They did that for, for quite a few years uh, they snuck in a, a decent little quarterback in there as well which which kind of helps but um, definitely loaded you know six seven eight nine star players uh, on the defensive side of the football so uh, for me it is the Buffalo Bills uh, Beck where are you going on this one I'm going with the Cowboys I just think that in the likes of their rookie Micah Parson um, their second year pick in Trayvon Diggs they're leading the team in you know they're just playing super hard they're looking like a great defense and it's just going to show how they're building this defense for the future with these two players leading them so as well as having you know like you said a balanced offense on one side of the ball it helps keep them off the field time to recover and then come back out and get some nice big turnovers and put their offense back out there which I think what they've been doing a really good job at this year yeah and one thing about the Cowboys is their window their Super Bowl window isn't open for very long in fact in fact it sort of flashes very very quickly so um, agreed look Dallas have got an amazing football team there especially on the defensive side but they need to take advantage of it um, because a lot of Dallas supporters have seen uh, glimpses of this in the past. Uh, Stacey, what about yourself? A- again, the offense gets a lot of love, but here at Mojo, we like to, to cover all sides of the football. Defense is a huge part of the game. Who do you think is is the best uh, in the competition at the moment? Oh, I what you know, I, I have I've been sitting pretty on the Browns for uh, for most of the season, but actually, I'm going to do a quick change and I'm going to go the Patriots. Mainly because, like, I know I know we're kind of like we're not great at the moment, but our defense has always been consistent um, and we've got one of the best coaches that there ever has been. So, I mean, I like watching our defense play. Sometimes we have, you know, bad games, but in terms of, you know, how we're ranked, like we're ranked about seventh, which is not bad. So I'm, I'm happy with the Patriots. Yeah, look, and, you know, losing Stephon Gilmore was disappointing, but JC Jackson, like that, that kid is special. The contract situation is stressing me out. They, they're going to have to overpay, which New England does not do. But, uh, look, I, I think we're going to be forced to do that. And Matt Judon, you know, I'm thinking about not only getting the jersey but also getting the red undergarment because that's just, it's a whole style at the moment. I, I, think that, uh, I think that's pretty special. Matt Judon, what a season he is having. I uh, think that, uh, that, uh, that 98-yard, you know, pick six from, from um, J.C. Jackson really, you know, cemented his contract negotiations, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, the coach, he's pretty good with those X's and O's as well, which definitely, definitely helps. Um, Alex, uh, round us off here. Um, who are you going best defense in the league right now? Um, I think for me, like when you talk about the Bills, right, you talk kind of like consistency for us offense and defense. And I think very quietly and subtly and maybe not so much in your face, but I'd say Arizona Cardinals have a pretty strong defense, right? Even, even if they get injured, they've still got players that are going to step up and, and be able to, you know, do their jobs. I mean, they're fifth in points against their third and turnovers forced, right? So that's a solid place to be, right? When you look at them defensively, I think they're ranked fifth total across the NFL, but they rank in that top 10 as far as defensive stats go. So that's a good place to be. And they consistently sit, sit in those top, top 10 spots and for me they've got 24 sacks as a team and when you've got the likes of tj watt leading kind of that that pass rush defense i mean how can you not love that defense so 
All right, guys. Well, look, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. And to our listeners, again, we hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. If you did, please download the podcast, share with family and friends. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.